I have used a lot of commerce platforms in the past. By far, the most robust is Shopify. No matter how complex your business needs and no matter how large your business grows, Shopify can handle it. And they do handle it for brands like Rothy's, Ruggable, Allbirds, Knox, Magnolia, Brooklinen, Glossier, and Cotton, to name a few. You may already use another e-commerce platform and you may be super unhappy with it, but you've already put a lot of work into it and migrating to Shopify could seem impossible. But I'm here to tell you that it is quite easy. When I migrated to Shopify back in 2022, their apps and tools meant I just had to make a few clicks and everything was ported over as if by magic. Shopify also lets you design your storefront however you like, which from personal experience I know isn't the case for many other commerce platforms out there. All these features and all this control can result in more sales more often. So stop leaving sales on the table, switch your business to Shopify today, and discover why millions trust Shopify as their all-in-one commerce platform to build, grow, and run their businesses. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial at shopify.com forward slash practical, all lowercase. That's one month for just $1 at shopify.com forward slash practical, shopify.com forward slash practical. Welcome back to Practical Stoicism. I've got my meditations here. I've got my coffee. The sun is barely peeking over the horizon here in Denver, and today is a pretty special day for me. Today is the first day of my residency, as it were, at the Glassbox Media Network, and I'm excited. Me saying that isn't part of the deal, and neither is this. The Glassbox people are really nice and actually care about the content and mission of this production, so you can expect good things in the future. But I wanted to say those things anyway because I am now a full-time philosophy podcaster. And none of that would have been possible without your support as listeners, as subscribers to the premium feed, as people sharing this content, people reviewing it. None of that would have happened without you. And I need to say thanks. I mean, I probably can't say it enough. And the biggest benefit of this, of course, is that with this newfound time, as I have always promised, there is going to be more content. You already know, of course, about Wednesday interviews. This week's will be with Kieran Setia, who is a professor of philosophy at MIT. But I'm going to be doing some more things as time goes on, and here are two of them. We are nearing the end of book three, which means I'll publish another companion paperback for this podcast, so be on the lookout for that. And not just that, but because I have so much time, all of my time really, to focus on this podcast and Stoicism and teaching it, I'm going to write an intro to Stoicism book, which is being outlined now, and I hope to have out before the end of the year, but that's not a promise just yet. I will keep you up to date on both of those projects as I go along. The second is a mentorship program. Now, I am not exactly ready to roll this out, but a lot of you, and when I say a lot, I mean dozens a week, which feels like a lot to me, have sent emails asking me to create a Stoicism mentorship program. I've not really until now had the time to think seriously about anything like that, and I like the idea, but it's something I'll need to work towards slowly. Mentorship is something that I would take very seriously, and I need to figure out what a successful mentorship program looks like. You can find all the Stoic texts online. You can find free Stoicism communities online. So what's the benefit of a mentorship? I've got to figure that out before I can formally invite people to be part of any such mentorship. That's a big responsibility, so I'm working towards it. I'll keep you updated. And in the interim, 
I have found a way that I think will allow you to get a little bit more practical stoicism content on a regular basis without anything as serious as a mentorship, without that kind of commitment on either of our parts just yet. If you text the word stoicism to 833-943-3564, and that number's in the show notes, you can subscribe to the new listener text chain. And all that means is that a few times a month, and this is free, you'll get an encouraging word, a quote from a Stoic text, a link to an article, or maybe a link to a video I think you might find useful or interesting. All, of course, related to Stoicism. Again, it's totally free, it's completely optional, and I hope that you'll use it. Again, all you need to do is text STOICISM to 833-943-3564 to sign up to the text chain. Today's meditation is another, there have been a few recently, that will require us to look at another translation. It's short, it's to the point, but like most everything we've heard from Marcus so far, deeper than it looks. Meditation 15 of Book 3 reads as follows. They do not realize how much is included in stealing, sewing, buying, resting, seeing to business, not with the eyes, but another sort of sight. And that's it. That's kind of a strange meditation, right? Maybe the point is kind of hard to see there. It was for me. I didn't know what in the world Marcus was trying to say here. What exactly does George Hayes, who is the author of this translation, mean that Marcus means in this meditation? That there's more to stealing, more to sowing, as in reaping what you sow, that business is important. The modern interpretation of this particular meditation by Hayes does little to simplify and more to complicate. And I think one of Hayes' goals in his new translation was to simplify the meditations, to really modernize them so they were easier for a casual reader to consume and appreciate. And that's an important role for anybody in the Stoicism space to, to play. It's, in fact, one of the reasons I started this podcast, right? I want people to be able to understand this stuff and not feel like it's an inaccessible, dated philosophy that has nothing to do with how we can live our lives today. So I'm not throwing shade at George Hayes, but I am suggesting that this one maybe goes a little bit too far and we miss some of what's there. So let's check in with George Long's interpretation from the Harvard Classics Collection. They know not how many things are signified by the words stealing, sowing, buying, keeping quiet, seeing what ought to be done, for this is not affected by the eyes, but by another kind of vision. In this week's upcoming chat with Kieran Setia, Kieran is going to talk about something he calls telic and atelic activities. Telic activities are those which have an end to them, a stated goal. For example, summiting a mountain. Atelic activities are those which are going on during telic activities, but don't necessarily have a goal built into them. For example, climbing the mountain, or noticing the foliage, or breathing the air and enjoying the outdoors. It's usually true that when you say, I've summited a mountain, people think of the accomplishment, the telic activity that you've completed. But they don't think about the process, all the atelic activities going on during the main telic activity, the fun thoughts you had during the climb, the jokes with your friends, the feeling of scrambling over a rock, maybe that feels very fun, the joy of finding good footing where you thought there was none, the contentment of the views along the way, things like this. And I think that Marcus is getting at that same idea here. To sow something, like you sow a field, eventually results in gain, a harvested crop, for example. 
but many people have no idea that there's more to a harvested crop than the harvesting or more to it than the eating of its yield. To buy something, for example, isn't just a purchase, it's an investment. It's the climax of careful consideration and deliberation. And hidden in that purchase also is a need, maybe a desire, the story of the purchaser. To see what needs to be done isn't just a matter of seeing it or recognizing it. It's the process of cultivating a mind capable of seeing what needs to be done, of knowing how to act well. The woman or man that we admire for their uprightness of character, they weren't born that way. They worked hard to become that way. There's a whole journey we can't see. We see with our eyes only the outcome of things. Marcus is suggesting that we stop, mentally anyway, and smell the roses, or consider the roses. Our eyes see a man stealing, but our minds may allow us to see a thief's circumstances. Perhaps he is starving. Perhaps there is something we can see with our mind that can move us into helpful action, to seeing the world more as it is, to being more thoughtful. In short, don't believe that everything you see is everything there is to be seen. A good Stoic works to cultivate a mind capable of filling in the details that his or her eyes neglect. Thank you for listening this week. We've got one more meditation until we get to book four, so expect another companion paperback soon. If you'd like to get rid of ads, there's a link in the show notes for you to do that. And if you'd like to join the new listener text chain, text the word STOICISM to 833-943-3564. Thanks again for listening. Enjoy the rest of your day. And until next time, take care.